Welcome to another episode of The Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And in this episode, we have yet another Foundation interview, but this time I'm speaking with actor Lee Pace, one of the stars of the series. In Foundation, Lee Pace plays Brother Day, one of the three clones that acts as the emperors of the galaxy. The story finds Brother Day as he's pitted against Harry Seldon, a man of science, who predicts that the Empire will fall and lead to a 30,000-year-long Dark Ages. Of course, when you're the Emperor, you don't want to hear any of that nonsense, so you try the man for treason. Lee Pace has done plenty of TV over the years, from his cult favorite series Pushing Daisies to the criminally underrated Halt and Catch Fire. Seriously, as a side note, you need to watch Halt and Catch Fire. It's great. The actor's never shied away from the silver screen. That said, even with his extensive experience, Pace has never worked on anything on TV as massive as his new Apple TV Plus series Foundation. Over the course of the discussion, we talk about Pace's love of sci-fi and speculative fiction. We also talk about the politics in Foundation and his inspiration for playing the evil overlord, though he is quick to suggest that maybe Brother Day is just misunderstood. And finally, we do talk about why he keeps returning to TV and what this golden age of television means for storytelling. But before we get to the interview, I got to tell you, the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your favorite shows. So with that out of the way, let's throw it to my recent discussion with actor Lee Pace, who stars in Foundation, which recently debuted on Apple TV+. Enjoy. <laughs> Hey Charles, what's up? I love the playlist. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely one of the points of view I I look to. <laughs> so good to know. Pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, pleasure. I'm, I'm cautiously going to ask, what do you think of the show? <laughs> <laughs> I am a huge sci-fi nerd, so I love it. And I'm okay, a huge great. I I I put Foundation up there with Dune as like my all-time fave sci-fi books. So. Yeah. Hey, good. man, you're talking to a big sci-fi nerd, so let's really get into it. I I, I love this stuff, so um, I was thrilled to be cast in it. So let's let's really talk some sci-fi if you're down. I'm down. Well, yeah, totally. But first, let's talk about the Met Gala. What's it like setting the internet ablaze with some shorts? Oh, is the internet ablaze? Oh yeah, people oh. are loving your outfit. Oh no way! How fun! <laughs> um, I would wear shorts anywhere all the time so um when uh tom brown um gave me the chance to wear it to the met gala i was like absolutely and i um fred layton let me borrow this like diamond bracelet and i can't get it off so <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of the day i never wear you know diamonds obviously but um uh it was a, such a fun night best people watching ever oh ever, i'm sure i'm know? sure yeah but uh, okay, so with that out of the way, let's let's really get into it. Um, the interesting thing about Foundation, I think, is uh, this is written decades ago, but it seems so relevant today. You have science at the heart of everything that this society uses, but yet there's this political angle where science is just like frowned upon. You know, you have a leader telling you the world's going to end, and we're not a leader. You have a scientist saying the world's going to end, and the leader saying, "Oh, science." So when you look at like 2021 and this like science versus politics debate, were you when you're filming this, were you thinking like how relevant this might be even now? I mean, absolutely. I think this is what this is what speculative fiction SF. I mean, I love science fiction, but I really, really, really love, you know, this, you know, Ursula Le Guin kind of speculative. Let's look at what happens to a human off planet. You know, let's 
investigate what um what what the soul is what the human psyche is about what a society could be when you change the rules in in minute ways um i think that it gives us the space to um examine humans without the triggers that are around us in contemporary earthbound living we're not talking about covid we're not talking about american politics we're not talking about you know all of these you know emotionally triggering things what we are talking about is our values as as human beings and i i suppose one of the things that i love about what david has written is that it doesn't offer conclusions it just opens the investigations what i would say about the cleons is that what i love about it is that it's like this riddle in a way about inherited power you know there is they it, it, i look at the, the i mean it's the emperor of the fucking galaxy right <laughs> it's an absurd idea the idea that this one individual this autocrat has control over the entire milky way galaxy no matter what technology is at his fingertips he you know he can control um which planets prosper which planets suffer who lives who dies you know he has power like that um but it's a fantasy isn't it you know it's also a fantasy that he's the same man who lived 400 years ago but he believes it you know are you ever of two minds of something you know like you can't yeah. make up your mind you know you're the conditioned your conditioned self, you know, believes one thing, but you've got this, this other voice in your head that, that says this doesn't quite feel right. You know, I think what, what the character that I'm playing is not a man. It is a series of men who for a certain time in their life fulfilled this role of this, uh, this abstract role of the emperor of the galaxy. And what I am interested in, in the act as an actor is how those men are different, how those men find their individuality, you know, where is their sentience, you know, because you've got, you know, brother day looks towards brother dawn and is like, these are the lines. Here's the blocking. This is what the costume looks like. Here are your props. Now you're going to inherit the role of the emperor of the galaxy and run everything for a while. And then when you're done, you will, you know, sit on the side and be the emperor that was. And I, and I believe that that day looks towards uh, dusk and thinks you made a lot of mistakes and where you made mistakes, I'm going to be great. You were the same as all the rest of those brothers, but I'm going to distinguish myself. I'm going to be the best one, you know, and I'm fascinated in that intergenerational conflict, you know, the riddle that poses about, um, you know, what, what power is, what a family looks like, because I do think these brothers care for each other in their own way. They have no friends. <laughs> they, have, <laughs> they have no lovers. They only talk to Demerzel, who they adore, but but she's a robot. I mean, I say, but, but I think she's such an extraordinarily fascinating character because the question you ask about her is, does she have a soul? You know, 
you know that's what yeah. i think is so is so is so is this is this this is the territory that we can um play with in science fiction i agree it's one of those things where you you we've seen monarchies before you know we've seen legacies we've seen you know families rule with like a totalitarian hand but you know the idea of well what if they're all clones of each other <laughs> you're like well holy crap that opens up this whole set of of new things to talk about like you were saying and so uh on a practical level though when you are playing opposite people who are supposed to be uh versions of yourself at different points in your life did you guys ever like sit around together and be like we got to figure out a couple mannerisms a couple things that make it seem like we are the same people or were you just like no we're, we're different no, 100%. Yeah. No, that's where the work started. And it was fun. You know, it's like, it was in a way like being back in drama school. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, Terrence Mann and Cassian, we would, we would play a little game on set where we would, I would see Terrence make a, a gesture, and I would start to copy it on the same line and stuff so that we would, you know, we were constantly watching each other. It became about each other. You know, with the with the little boy, when he would do something, me and Terrence would look at each other and do it as well. You know, so that there was this kind of, it's not that they're, you know, we're, we're trying to create this illusion that they're the same man. They're, they are, you know, or they're, you know what I mean? They're conditioned to be, you know? So that's the starting point, right? And then I think, I don't know, how many episodes have you seen? Uh, quite a few. I, I forget the exact number, but yeah. Okay, well, I, I would hate to spoil anything for you. And yeah, I, we don't want to spoil. We don't want to spoil. Uh, and I and I want to be very careful about this this round, you know, these interviews, because this is the only time in the life of this show that the audience can come to it with not a lot of other ideas. So everything I'm saying here is just my approach to it and my kind of what I've gotten out of it and what I'm doing. But I but I I more so than any other project I've done, I, I guess I what I would love to communicate is I want the audience to come to it and interpret this with their own ideas, you know, with their and make their own conclusions about what these characters mean, you know, and what they feel like, you know, so yeah. everything I'm saying, take it with a grain of salt, <laughs> you know, but enjoy the to enjoy this show on your own terms. It's that kind of show, you know, it really it really is. And, and, you know, getting back to the joy of sci fi, that's one of the things you can you can kind of imprint your own ideas and beliefs into it. So definitely. And one thing, though, I think that is unmistakable is how charming but menacing Brother Day is. Uh, I think the way you play him is super interesting because when I'm watching Every line you give, it's like laced with venom, even when you have a smile on your face. So I'm curious, when you're approaching this totalitarian emperor of the galaxy role, like how did you how did you try to to manage that charm and you know the the ruler aspect with also this kind of bad guy, evil mustache twirling aspect too? I guess I mean what I was, I think it comes down to Harry Seldon's. Um, Math, 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 you know, I think that especially, um, I think it's response to it. I think it causes him tremendous anxiety to think that, you know, it's his job to hold this balance in place, to hold, to keep everyone safe. You know, what is the alternative, you know, 
the alternative is what we all just give up and suffer and die and everything that we've that we build and care about crumbles and humanity crumbles. you know what i mean they in a way they want the same things you know they want mankind to survive what what cleon um believes is that he can control that you know but there's a limit to control you know that's that's what he that's what he's coming up against the limits of his control so i, I when i think about it i think i i remember feeling a great deal of anxiety and trying to you know an emperor can't be anxious the only thing an emperor can be is calm cool collected that's it that's it but the anxiety is overwhelming the fact that it's just all it's all falling it's all he's right yeah he's right you know so um you've this isn't the first villainous character you've played in your your career so uh every time i see you and you play somebody that has that that moral uh gray area or even worse you seem to really kind of revel in it uh in your performances so is there just a little bit of sadistic glee you get from playing that type of role that lets you kind of act out these uh, this side of you that you might not be able to do in public. Yeah, I, I, I rarely get to be as evil as I get to be in um, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy in my life as much as I would like. <laughs> um, you yeah, don't put the face paint on and carry a hammer in your personal life? Not every day. <laughs> um, no, these are the fun ones, I think. I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of lucky to get cast in them. These are delicious characters, complicated characters. But I'm also, you know, I tell you, like, I don't know, did you, I did a show called Halt and Catch Fire. I don't know if you... Um, My favorite show of all time. No, no, oh, no. no bullshit. Yeah, I, I love that show. Well, I mean, there's a villain for you, but you, I yeah. mean, I, the, the rest of my cast, <laughs> the, I mean, we worked so, so closely together and they constantly made fun of me because I was like, no, he's not a bad guy. He, he wants, <laughs> you know, he's not a bad guy. Like he really wants what's best for you. So I would, I'll defend my characters. And I've, now that I've kind of slid into, you know, these Cleons, um, you know, I'll argue that they're not, they're not, they're not villains, you know, they are, they're, look, they're, they're, here's what makes them the bad, is that the only thing they know how to do is hold a monopoly on violence, right? That's that it's like, you know, to a hammer, everything is a nail. So that's what the Cleons do. And it's the only thing they know how to do. And yeah, you don't be afraid of the that. stick, right? Yeah, don't be afraid of the stick. And you compare that as David does so beautifully with a character like Salvor Hardin, you know, who doesn't, you know, like there's always another option than violence. I think, you know, that's that that's how we can uh, that's what I what I reading it can see an emotional connection to these characters is how they play opposite each other. You know how Salver Harden way, way over there in Terminus, this, you know, warden of a colony, you know, her story illuminates the Cleon story just the same way the Cleon story illuminates her story, you know, because of the difference in their human values. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we, switching gears just a little bit, we've uh, you mentioned Halt and Catch Fire. You've been in some some great TV roles over the years, even going back to Pushing Daisies, which is another underrated uh, series. So now that 
we've seen now that you're in foundation, which is obviously a TV series, and we've seen this kind of rise of TV as like a prestige medium. Uh, what do you think of of TV being that sort of hotbed of of awesome projects and creativity? Um, I really appreciate the freedom it gives storytellers. You know, I think that there's something absolutely elegant about a two hour story that, you know, follows a certain kind of structure. So I really appreciate that. I'm a, you know, massive movie fan. Um, and I think that now the technology makes it possible for creators to, you know, break all the rules. The story no longer needs to be two hours. It no longer needs to be divided into a certain number of parts. We can take all the time in the world that we need to investigate the big idea of foundation. You know, hopefully, if we're lucky <laughs> and we get, an, you know, another season and then a season after that, hopefully we really get a chance to explore this concept and look at change because that's really what the, the story is about. I, 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 I just think it offers a lot of freedom to creative people, this, you know, the, and, and to the audience to become well-referenced in um, what's out there, what people are doing, what people have done in the past, you know, that's, you know, it's like you can, as your audience, as a, as a, as a discerning audience member, educate yourself and bring yourself to projects and a story, you know, with a, with an informed, interesting perspective. You know, it's one of the reasons I, I feel very much like this is my point of view about it, but that, but the audience is like they're they've seen so much and they've gone through their own little path through what is interesting to them what their friends recommend you know so that they're everyone is educated and referenced in a different way you know that's what's most exciting to me about this age is how much freedom people have to explore different perspectives yeah so you've uh, over the course of your career kind of bounced a little back and forth between doing, you know, just uh, like dramatic film roles, prestige roles, and then you'll do the occasional big franchise thing, like you mentioned Guardians and Foundation and Lord of the Rings. So uh, when when you're getting all these offers and scripts and all that, do you do you ever think like, you know, okay, now I should probably do like a big budget one or or is it just like whatever excites you? That's that's what you take. Yeah, it's really that. I mean, I can't. I... I've tried. I mean, I won't name the movie, but <laughs> I've done the movies that it's like, I just don't get. Um, and I, you know, I can, I do my best. I try to, you know, you know, professionally bring everything I can to it. But I, you know, if I'm not thinking about it when I'm, you know, going for a run uh, and, you know, go, you know, cooking and kind of going about my day, if these, if the character isn't on my mind, then it's probably not something I should approach. I mean, I, 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 that, that's what it is. It's like, if I read the script and I'm like, well, that could be a good career move for me. Then at this stage of it, I know it's probably not a good idea because I'm, I'm, I'm just not that I'm not a calculated person or an actor in that way. I, I, I you know, I, it's best for me if I can like, you know, feel it through if it kind of cerebrally is interesting to me, you know, in some way, if there's something that I have to kind of, you know, connect with in myself that I can't let go of, 
in a way. And um, I think that's like 90% of the work that I do on something is just kind of thinking about it, you know, thinking, yeah. oh, I want to, I want to learn a little bit more about that. You know, like, let's, let's do, what can I find out about emperors? Like, you know, I would look at like art books about, you know, the Incas about what's left of, you know, and how they looked at their emperors like gods. I read this extraordinary book, which I highly recommend to you and anyone who's, you know, any, any, any of your audience, this Kapuczynski um, is this Polish writer. And he wrote about um, Haile Selassie, who was the last emperor of Ethiopia fascinating, fascinating man, and this incredible portrait of him. And in a way, although it has nothing to do with the Emperor of the Galaxy, it kind of had everything to do with me to the Emperor of the Galaxy. It's the fragility of what that role is. You know? Yeah. Well, there you go. We got a book recommendation out of it, too. So that's awesome. For what it's worth, yeah. Uh, I got to wrap up, but uh, thank you, Lee Pace, for for joining me and, and talking about Foundation. It's it's a fun show, and uh, and and more than that, it's you know the source material is great too. So even if it introduces people to greater sci-fi stuff, then by all means, get out there watch it. Cool, cool. Hey, thanks for taking it. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope we 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 can talk again. Yeah, definitely. When you when you come back as Ronan, we'll do it again. So okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs>